Welcome again to another exciting Bros on Wheels podcast. We're your hosts, Jeremy and Robert, and thank you for tuning in to the special Monday edition of the show. <laughs> Hope our listeners out there are having a pleasant start to their week. We have a lot to cover, so let's jump right into it. Today on the show, we'll be discussing the adaptive world of sports and the positive impact that's had not only on our own lives, but the lives of millions of people around the world. Yes. What will we be talking about? What sport, adaptive sport, are we talking about particularly? Power soccer is going to be our focus for this conversation. Oh, yeah, I love power soccer. Me too, me too. We've been playing it for a while. Kicks ass. But yeah, we uh, we were first introduced to it. Uh, about two two years, years ago, 2019. Yeah, we were introduced uh, to it about two years ago. We uh we had been it's through Brooks Rehab. Yeah, and we were at a uh, cycling event, I think, when we were told about it, and uh, that's when we decided to go check it out for the first time back in, in 2019. And uh, ever since we we we've just been we've been uh obsessed with the sport really just. Trying to improve our, our, our skill set and yeah, just trying to just getting better to beat other teams. Yeah, good to, enough to beat other teams. But yeah, so um, Rob, uh, what would you say are some of the some of the positive qualities of power soccer that uh, tend to contribute to emotional and physical well being? Well, it's the connection with other people. Um. Feel like you're part of a group and you're working together to uh for, you're working together towards a common goal which helps to build your character and your confidence and self-esteem for one thing all right so let's talk a little bit about um teamwork what it means to you know what it really means to uh come together is to be a team yeah or, um, well, it requires listening to other people, communicating well. All right. So, so uh, communication and cooperation. Exactly. Or, yep. Which, uh, you know, leads to problem solving because you're figure you're trying to figure out how to how to uh, what execute a play with other people, right? That's one yes. of the positive qualities of it. Yeah, also, some others. Huh? Some others. Uh, also, it tends to build trust between the, uh, you know, teammates, between teammates and the coaches. You know, you have to, you have to kind of have a, a um, safety net, you know, that, that everybody can fall into. Like, you, like, like you always have to make sure that you have the, your, your, your your teammates back like yeah yeah that 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 you're always um looking out for uh ways to help them um you know to help them improve and they're yeah so in other words uh constructive criticism letting them know what they can do better what they're doing good yeah i mean you have to be able to give you know give it without i mean take it without uh you know taking it personal Right, being you know personally, personally attacked by it or whatever. Yeah, feeling that way about. But what it. is it about team sports 
in particular that uh, that builds uh, trust in, in your teammates like or, I was, or builds your confidence and self-esteem? Well, like I was saying, going back to the to the whole safety net kind of thing, um, your teammates have to be confident in your teammates have to be confident in their ability to and your ability, yeah, to to push um, push their teammates to be the best that they can. Yeah. So, pers- like personally, how have you felt? What What has it done for you personally in your own personal life? Has it? In my personal life? Yeah. Um, Do you feel better about life, about yourself, you know? Yeah, I feel like uh, Power Soccer provides provides um, a sense of meaning, maybe a purpose, a meaning, a purpose. Yeah, an opportunity that I didn't think would, would uh, ever come up, you know, yeah. being disabled. Like, I mean, besides... You, you know, Besides uh, just giving you something to do on a Saturday, on an uneventful Saturday, it's um, giving you a purpose. And well, yeah, like you're saying, it uh, helps to build character, and it uh, you know inspires creative thinking, thinking outside the box. Yeah, you know, and it, and it kind of forces you to. Uh, it just forces you to uh, to adapt to the situation, which is something that kind of mirrors my own life like you know finding yeah. finding figuring out new ways to, to do things or to uh yeah i understand like when you're disabled you have to find different ways of doing things not only in 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 just ordinary life like such as brushing your teeth figuring out how to do that or you know yeah, and, get a drink of water yeah and power soccer kind of gives an outlet for that yeah, because I mean, they're obviously having to adapt this the the, the sports to. It's in the name. Yeah, it's in the name. Exactly. Adapt the sports. Yeah, but um. All right, so uh, how about this? How about how has power soccer changed um your outlook on life uh, living with a disability, Rob? Um. Well, it's given me the confidence to to uh, fight for my voice to be heard but fought to be um, let's see what is the word I'm looking for to, to, to it may, it's made my life uh, seem worthwhile like it's given my life meaning. Like, some people say, oh, you're disabled, you know, you, you don't contribute anything to the world, but I feel like I am contributing something to the world now. Not only with power soccer, but with life and, you know, me going back to school and trying to finish my degree. So you, th- so you think it's uh, given you the, the confidence to pursue other uh, passions in your life from from the, from what power soccer yeah. teaches you? Right, coming together and being and being part of a circle of people that are a social network. Yeah, of people that trust each other. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that yeah that trust each other on the court. And well, uh, we built friendships with people. We've had 
you know, built lasting relationships with people on the team. Yeah, so you think that it's, that that it's changed your um that's changed your outlook on life in the, in that way. That's that's uh, helped you gain more more self confidence. Yeah, exactly. Okay, it's a good answer. But um, okay. So let's see. Um, what about uh, how competition how competition competition has uh, contributed to your well being? Or competition, how has it? influenced your life competition it's made me more um it's made me more more uh self-aware you have to be you know completely aware of, of who you are as a person and what uh what kind of well like say you're going up against uh another team and they're better than you or there's a person on your team who's better than you does that make you feel bad about yourself or does it make you want to get better at what you're doing yeah, I mean, it it, it uh, definitely drives me to to um, to improve on it. Yeah, that like, is in everyday life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you always want to try to be your best. Like they say, try to be your best version of yourself. Yeah, and, well, and mean, when like, you're out there, it's like like that's when you really see your true, you yeah. know, your true grit. I guess your true colors. So yeah, your grit, your grit, your determination, and your drive to yeah to just get better. Like say you're getting you're getting stomped by the other team. Do you, you know, do you just give up and not try, or do you try harder? Try harder. Yeah. To try to meet, the, I mean. To get out there and beat them. Yeah. To try to overcome whatever obstacle is, you know, holding you back. Yeah. From, you know, from achieving that. Yeah. That, that goal. Well, I think we've always uh, had that mindset of doing better. Yeah, like from the beginning. Yeah. A lot like, just say like the music we listen to, it also drives us to do better and to not give up and just persevere in the face of adversity. Yep. That brings me to my next point. Uh, building resilience in the face of adversity. What um, what, what events in your life have uh, forced you to be resilient or how have you been resilient and bounced back from setbacks um it's all about for me it's all about changing i mean changing your overall uh mindset you know just in general trying not to um trying not to let neg you know negative thoughts and uh the positive negative thoughts yeah come into your uh your positivity pool pool of positivity yeah, you're, you're, which you're, is what, which is what you should try to maintain. Your uh, psychological mind, uh, tool set, or like where you can pull from to, yeah. to pull but, through things. But um, some of the things that some of the things that made me stronger, like in the long run, was uh, just dealing with the with the you know the hassles of. Um, you know the the disability and all that, and getting worse. You know with the progression of it. Yeah. And uh, when I found out that I was in heart failure, that's I mean that's when I really it, it was hard to hear. You know, hard to hear that news. Yeah. And um, you know, I had to go through the procedure to get the pacemaker, but were you scared? No, not really. Like at first when you no. 
Well, it's just when you, I mean, you, when you hear. Were you angry? Not angry. It's just when you hear heart failure. It's kind of a scary sounding. Yeah. Thing, but it's really not as. But yeah, that that was one of the things that uh made me. Tougher, I guess. It kind of toughened my uh. My exterior perspective and, and my interior. Yeah. You know the interior um. Made me tougher. Yeah. Well, that that goes to the whole thing about um. Not getting uh satisfaction from your from your outside what's outside of you it's about finding the strength inside right 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 all right so we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be right back with hey everybody welcome back to the podcast Jeremy here and Robert, and we're just discussing uh, the many benefits of adaptive sports in our life. Yes. And what it means to us. I think we left off talking about uh, the strength of your mind. and Yeah, yeah, we were, we were talking a little bit, uh, little bit about uh, resilience. Yes. And how we've maintained it, and how we've maintained it through the years, or how, how I have, All personally. Right. Let us have it. Um... There's different, I mean, you know, there's different ways that I've, that I've uh, dealt with it, dealt with the, um, dealt with the, uh, setbacks. Was booze had. involved in any of it? Huh? Was booze involved in any of it? What, setback? Booze. No, I mean with, uh, resilience, with dealing with the. No, I don't think alcohol makes you resilient. It just it, makes it, you not care. Yeah, it makes you, it just numbs your, yeah, your thought pattern about it, I guess. But, uh. What's the question? What have you done to to bounce back from setbacks? Like resilience. What has built your resilience or um different things? Um music helps. Um, let me think. Faith? God? Yeah, I mean you have other to have people. You have to have some some uh, level of uh faith in yourself or in uh a higher power, some higher power, yeah, to uh, help you come back from from uh, setbacks, or just believing in something greater than yourself. Yeah, something like that. But, like uh, a, either a, a a deity or uh, a purpose or some kind of meaningful uh, thing in your life. Yeah, right? I mean, as far as specifics for that. Thing. Talk louder, can't you? For a detriment, I mean, for setbacks? Yeah. Well, I mean, just uh, living with, with uh, muscular dystrophy is difficult enough, right? Yeah, and how I deal with that is trying to find things to, um, activities to, to uh, fill my time. I mean, to to fill the gap. Yeah. In between. We're doing something worthwhile, like something that is creative or has meaning to other people. You you want to impact other people's lives, maybe. Yeah. But back to the original question you're asking: How do I? How have I maintained my resilience in the face of what? In the face of adversity. Yeah. There's a lot of things. I mean, but power soccer is one of them. Is one of the things that has helped me. 
uh, get back my self-confidence and my faith in myself. Yeah. To continue, uh, to continue living, going on about the day. So, what do you like most about power soccer? Um, a lot of things. But yeah, um, what I like most about it is the competitive aspect of it. You know, being able to go out there and play as play as hard as you can. Do you get against, any? Uh, yeah, keep going. I'm sorry. I'm huh? Go ahead. Go. Playing again. Um, I just enjoy the, just the. It's empowering, I guess, to go out there and play. Yeah. To Do you get a to uh, be an adrenaline rush. Oh yeah. Like definitely when, definitely. when you play against other teams and you're going against them. I mean, even at practice, I, I just get that that uh feeling like I'm doing something. I'm fighting like I'm, for the ball. Yeah, like I'm fighting for something. Yeah. Uh, how about you? Was What's your favorite aspect of the game? My favorite aspect of the game? Yeah. Um, scoring. I like when you score. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun scoring. Yep. Like, this is the, the rush you get from it. You're like, yeah, score. How many times have you scored in, uh, a, game? in a game? I've only yeah. scored once, but I did assist uh, one goal. You only got one goal? Yeah, remember that one, that game we played in Jacksonville against uh, Tampa? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that one we were going, all three of us, me, Justin, and Christy, were all going towards the goal? Yeah. And they hit it over to me, and I hit it in there? Yeah, that was awesome. How'd that make you feel? It made me feel euphoric. Like, I was like... Euphoric? Yeah, it just gave me this. I was like, fuck yeah. And I scored, you know? Like, and, then, and then what? Did it take you a while remember, to... Remember that time? That scored. Remember, remember that one time? Did it take you a while to? Uh, did it take you a while to like come back to it? Like come back to yourself? To that? No, no. You I was like, just like, oh, no, I scored, and I just went and got back into my position. I was supposed to be in, getting ready to receive the ball. Yeah. So uh, what? What else you got? Um. Okay. What are some of the? What are some of the setbacks that you had to overcome? To get where you're, to get where you are in your life right now. Some setbacks I had to overcome. Uh, well, getting divorced for one thing. 2015. That was hard. Um, took me about a year to get, I guess, back to somewhat uh, normal life, normal feeling. Yeah. How'd you deal with that? What was, um, a, was there a was there you know a process to it? Yeah, I mean, just accepting that you know it was over, and just and trying to find a new path for my life. Just yeah. didn't work out, and you know, I turned to kind of books, reading, and uh, listening to podcasts, and uh, I gained an interest in psychology, like how the brain works, which I wasn't really interested interested in before. Mm-hmm. Because it takes a, a level of insight to look at yourself and self-reflect. You yeah. know what I mean? Definitely. So, you um, want to take a musical break? I mean, we're only seven minutes in. Okay, we'll continue. Um, okay. Kind of sticking with that same uh, that same question. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so you said books, and you got more involved with the uh, 
psychological aspects of yeah, kind of the human in, brain, kind of looking inside yourself and finding yourself again, and what what you want to do with your life. All right, we're gonna take a, br- a short break, and we'll be back. Everybody and we're back. We've been discussing uh, power soccer and adaptive sports lately, but we're gonna change gears here a little bit and try to go a little bit more uh, freeform. Freeform with it, yeah. There you go. Um, Rob, what were some shows, some late night, late night entertainment that you were fond of back in the day? Back, back in when, the day, back when, yeah, back before uh, TiVo and uh, well, you know. There was Howard Stern that came on at like eleven PM on week weekdays. So did so how often did you watch that? Uh whenever it came on. Like before going late. to school. Yeah, it was always late. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. Because yeah, there was some kinda skeezy stuff that went on on the show. Yeah, who are some of your your uh your role models on that show? <laughs> role models? Yeah, who are some of your favorite uh characters, guest characters that he had on there? Uh he used to come on all the time like high pitch, high pitch Eric. Remember him? Oh yeah, I remember him. I remember him. <laughs> uh, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Uh, Jeff the drunk. Uh, Yucko. That? Remember Yucko the clown? He Wait. was that, that perverted clown that came on there. Yeah, Yucko was pretty, pretty twisted. Very <laughs> twisted, actually. Sam Blackley. Yeah, but dude, he had uh, but he had porn stars on there. Yeah, dude, I, I think that that's one? the reason I watched it. Dude, what's that one that could shoot ping pong balls? Oh or, man. Or, uh, uh, Brianna Banks, Isn't I think it? was her name. Yeah, yeah, she don't. Yeah. She doesn't do that anymore, though. Why? Why do you think he? Uh, well, I mean, why did Howard Stern want to see that? Uh, why do? Because he's a man, and we like to see perverted stuff like that. Ping I mean, pong balls, though. Yeah. How's that? How's that turn you on? Shooting them out of there. Yeah, just seeing them shoot her, shoot them out of her, her <laughs> pussy, just pow, you know. Yeah. I don't know how she shot him so far. I don't know. But, but he did have a lot of hot so, chicks on there that would take their clothes off. Yeah. So who's the... There was that, and I uh, remember uh, Real Sex that came on HBO. Yeah, but, but After I'm, Dark. Yeah, but I'm asking you, who are your... I mean, who's your favorite one to watch? No, like... My favorite what to watch? Yes. Um, I'm trying to think. You know, the ones that became part of the... Part of the circle... What do you call it? The Whack Pack? Oh, the <laughs> Whack Pack, yeah. Baba Booey and... He wasn't part of the Whack Pack, was he? But who was... That's not a hard question. Um, uh, the only ones I can remember was High Pitch Eric, Jeff the Drunk, Beetlejuice. Um, wasn't there some midget on there? Jeff, uh, uh, yeah. Who was it? Something the midget. Bridget the midget? No. Oh. Uh, no. I mean, she was on there, but yeah, I, I know you had Tara uh, Patrick on there. Uh, that one chick that got her her asshole bleach. Um, what was her name? Tabitha Stevens. Yeah, yeah. But one that one um, episode that stuck out to me was the one where where Howard had uh, where Howard Stern had um, Jeff the drunk uh, handcuff himself to a who was it? <laughs> who was it that he handcuffed him to? Um, was a high pitch Eric. Something. Or was it? Yeah. It was a chick, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It was the chick had to like. No, I thought it was they uh, it was handcuffed something. him to high pitch or handcuffed her to high pitch Eric. 
something. Remember? Hey, Howard. Howard. Wait, I, I'm trying to. He was scared of fish. Was it a fish? Yeah. Yeah. That was a uh, little fruity, I think. Yeah, he brought he was... like a, like a, uh, well, no, that where he was in the in uh, New York City in the back of that truck with some other guy. <laughs> yeah. that they put back there. I wonder. Yeah. I can't remember who it was. Is he part of the cast? Anyway, that's no. But I'm talking about like back in the day when he was on there. Not now. I mean, yeah. I think he still lives in that shitty apartment that he always lived in. Yeah, he had a bunch of. Uh, he had this junk food, and all like in his pantry and everywhere. Yeah, he had Rice Krispies and Fruit Loops and a bunch <laughs> of nasty. Remember yeah. a bunch of ice cream and crap? Not any real food, but yeah. I just remember being a young lad and just you know, after Howard Stern would come on, you'd break out the you know Jergens and just go to town, right? Or the real sex. I mean, you, you never did about, that. You have to think about who's going to be listening. You never did that, podcast, though? Don't so. say you can't say you never did that. I'm not saying I didn't, but what? I mean, it's, it's a, a free, little, it's free for all, right? It's a little too personal, man. Is it? I'm sorry. How much time? How many? I'm jerking with Jergens schedule. <laughs> yeah. Too personal, man. Too, sorry, man. Can't go there. Okay, we won't go there. Um, That's cool. Okay, let's go back. Let's go back a little bit further than that. Back to when. Uh, <clears throat> We were out in the garage. Like, we were out there all the time. We were out there playing. Oh, music? Yeah. Because yeah. we started out with just, like, bare. Like, everything was bare out there. Just the right. garage. Mm-hmm. And we started playing. We had no fans. Or I don't even think we had a fan. No, it was just, like, bicycles and old refrigerators and tools and shit. Yeah. Dad's tools. Everything was set up out there. We would just go out there after school or... I think I was out of school, wasn't I? Yeah, you're you're like just eighteen, I think. I was still still in high school. Yeah. When we used to go out there and play uh yeah. the Slayer stuff and Oh yeah. What else would we do? Speaking of Slayer I miss those guys. <laughs> I miss that they're still the world just ain't the same without Slayer, man. Yeah, it's not the world's not as evil without those guys as well. Man. Well I mean yeah, it's just not as like crazy without them, yeah. Not as crazy. Well, I mean, the world. It's, I mean, think saying? about it. What are you Dude, ever since they stopped playing, the world, the world has gone to shit. I mean, COVID happened. Remember? I don't know, but they were twenty twenty. No, I don't think so. You're right. Not, no, they 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 stopped in two thousand nineteen. I think. You're right. Everything changed like right before it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, after. I mean, COVID happened, and we stopped playing power soccer because. Everything was shut down. We we had to quarantine and social distance and all that shit. Yeah, and then the concert stopped. Yeah. Uh, and then the riots. Remember that happened? Yeah. And the, then the peaceful riots. Mostly peaceful. Uh, I, I just remember shit burning is all I remember. The yeah. Cars on fire. And, and then, you know, they, they uh, got Trump out of office with the cheating in the election. Yeah, after that, everything just kind of start, like really started to go down quick. Yeah. Trump just made people liberals cry. Yeah, right. Remember the uh, when he won the election, you saw him crying. They always they always cry. It's happened every time. (laughs) It's happened every time. Well, let me ask you a serious question. Ran and they lost. 
all right, let's be serious here. Like all bias aside, all just be objective as possible. Okay. Uh, do you think things are better now that Trump's out of office and we have the Badon in the in the White House? So, uh, things are going to shit, right? Everything's completely going to shit. Seems like. Yeah. Everything. The the uh, division in the country is worse. Everything is just chaotic. Yeah. It's close. To, it's pretty close to uh, pretty close to anarchy. Civil I, war, maybe. I mean, I think this is the closest that we've been to that. Yeah. Ever. Even since the um, civil rights movement in the '60s and the Vietnam War and all that. I mean, that was bad, but I think this is, this is worse. Yeah. I mean, people are fighting on uh, about wearing a mask or not wearing one. Vaccines. It's all yeah. It's 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 completely going going against the idea of, of America in the first place. Freedom of speech, freedom of choice, you know. Yeah, and me, and like big media silencing people who have different opinions about things, and it's, it's yeah, there there isn't no, no no like real truth because everything's being. Well, to me, I think people or covered people up. are just more more pussies now than they used to be. You know, they're, they're more pussy. Yeah, they're more pussified. It's it's the further pussification of America, right? Like people used to have people used to have backbone in this country, you know. And everybody's like, "Well, you're not wearing a mask. You're a murderer. You're killing people." Yeah, if you're Alex Baldwin, Alex Baldwin going around telling people how they should be living their lives, man. It's like complaining about. Yeah, these people don't stand for freedom of speech. They're fucking. It's like people want to submit to authority, and you know, people used to question authority. Yeah, you you should question everything. Yeah, you shouldn't just accept. Fucking accept it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is just one step in the direction, closer in the direction of socialism, really. I mean, more the com- whole mask-wearing thing. It's more communism, I think. You know how, like, uh, well, I read this thing about Islam, right? Why they made people cover up their faces, especially women, because it uh, takes away your individuality and it makes you uh, a submissive, you're more of a submissive person. When your face is covered, yeah, and if it's you, like don't speak, you know. Yeah, and if you uh, try to resist it, then you get, then you get, then you face the consequences. You get lambasted. Yeah, lambasted is that word? I like that word? I love that word. Yeah, but I think uh, what's your uh, uh, you come out truth? What's your personal? What's your idea of the truth? My idea of the truth, the general. Uh... I mean, I think the truth is is different for everybody. Whatever, whatever it means to you, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I believe that there's got to be some kind of creator, right? the The world didn't just appear out of nowhere. Yeah. But the whole following a a book written thousands of years ago and that's unattainable. You can't live up to any of the you know, laws or anything in it. Uh, that's why I like kind of the idea of Hindu, like Hindu or Buddhism, they kind of accept all religions, kind of. No, no, what they do is, is they take they, they take uh, lessons and uh, philosophy from different religions and mm-hmm. kind of put them, you know, kind of uh, mix them in with their own belief system. To, yeah. Because there's, there's truth in all of them, I guess, to an extent. Yeah, 
Well, like the Bible, what kind of truths are in that? I mean, like, well, you know, treating people like you would want to be treated, love I mean, your neighbor like yourself. I mean, how are yourself. the entire law, I mean, justice system yeah. is, supposed to be, is based around that. Right. Murder, you know, not killing, uh, stealing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but are those really uh, biblical laws or just more moral laws that uh, developed with evolution? I mean, what's kind of evolutionary development of, you know, <clears throat> like not stealing is more beneficial to your community than stealing, right? Yeah. Like, you just know that's a bad. It's bad to do. It's a bad thing to do. Okay, so so how did like let's say, let's say ancient Rome. How did they uh, how did they adopt more more uh, peaceful, you know, uh, peaceful ways of? Um, I mean, notice how they changed from barbarism to. Yeah, were they know. were they barbarous? I mean, kind of like oh, yeah, bar, bar <laughs> barbarians. Prior to the formation of Rome, no, like, like during the beginnings of it too, like, well, not the beginnings, but you know, AD, thinking of after, yeah, thinking of how they went from 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 having the, you know, the games, the mm-hmm. violent shows like, of like the Colosseum and stuff, yeah, but that kind of was at the end of the Roman Empire, wasn't it? I, know, I mean, so with I mean, Nero and so I mean, what what made them them change their ways from that to Having a more civil, uh, more civilized, 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 <laughs> civilized. Well, civilized. You, know, you heard of uh, what was it, Alexandria or um, Constantine? I think he's the one. He's the first emperor to adopt uh, Christianity. Was he to accept Christianity? Constantine yeah. was. Yeah, well, I mean, Rome did a lot of great things in their short history. Not short. It wasn't that short, really. I mean, really? how long did it last? Like. It was more than that. It was like between 500 and 1,000 years. Look it up. All right, let's do a little right. fact check here. Fact check that shit, brother. No, but it was um, Alexander the Great that started to adopt. Uh, but he was Greek. Um, Hellenism, yeah. Was he Greek? Yeah, he was Greek. Uh, but that kind of... You know what I'm saying? Just in the general sense of all the different civilizations that were around. Yeah. Well, the Greek civilization was before Rome. But I think they kind of adopted the Greek, uh, Greek philosophy, and yeah. But what I'm saying is, where did that? I mean, not the sudden change, but where did that uh, that change come from for them to to, to be more civilized? Uh, where did the idea of, of law and order come from? Mm, if it if it if it didn't come from God, then where did it come from? It was just, uh, like I said, it, it, it evolved with, what the hell is that? Oh, shit. It's got red hair. Anyway, um, we were talking about Rome. Uh, aware did moral law and um, moral and civil law come from? I think it kind of developed over the years. You know? All right, here's the timeline. Okay, so 753 B.C., the city of Rome was founded. 509 B.C., Rome becomes a republic. So two, it was about 200 years. 218 B.C., Hannibal invades Italy. 73 B.C., Spartacus, the gladiator, leads the slaves in an uprising. 
45 BC, Julius Caesar becomes the first dictator of Rome. Wait, what year? 45 BC. Okay. So 45 years before Jesus Christ. Yeah, so it, so it began in 753 and lasted, as you're right, lasted for well over a thousand years. Okay. Yeah, but Rome and, and encompassed uh, Europe, Western Asia, and Northern Africa. Yeah. So there was a long, but, but like when was law and order? Well, I think was, what happened is they, their armies were spread too thin all over the, their, um, what do you call it, their, their land, their, uh, what do you call it? No, not their property. What do you call it? Their conquest. Uh, they spread their armies too thin over their conquested lands, and they got invaded by uh, by uh, barbarians, by lesser civilized, less civilized uh, societies, like the Huns. I don't know if they were less civilized, but. <laughs> See, see, I don't know that that that, uh, that the Colosseum was built after Rome bur- burned down. Wait, really? Huh. What year? A.D. 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 Uh, a- oh, shit. Man. So you're telling me the Colosseum was built after Jesus? Right? Because Jesus passed away at 33 A.D. That's when he was apparently yeah. crucified. So, yeah. it's like time didn't begin until Jesus. Well, Julius Caesar was the first dictator of Rome. He had his famous crossing of the Rubicon defeat, defeated Pompey from the supreme ruler of Rome. And then Julius Caesar was assassinated by the Ides of March by Marcus Brutus. They took to see this, so they tried to bring back the Republic, but that's when the war broke out. Yeah. And then BC. What? BC. Well, what do you think we can learn from uh, Rome, like, from history? That all great civilizations will one day fall. Yeah. If, uh, if there is a power, if there's any kind of power struggle. Well, what do you think uh, keeps a civilization together? What's, what, uh... Law and order. Law and order. Like we've been talking about. Yeah. I'm saying, when did that develop? Rome was a republic. Yeah. By, you're right. So, see, so, so 380 AD. Well, I mean, Theodosius declared, no, Theodosius, that one, the first that declared Christianity. Yeah. To be the sole religion of the Roman Empire. Well, I mean, with Greece, aren't they the ones that developed democracy? I mean, they had democratic uh, elections and stuff and elected leaders. You know, they say France was. Uh, Invented democracy, but yeah. I think it was even further back than them. Yeah, it was way before France. Yeah. But, well, um, so, so, what are some of the lessons? Is that what you're asking? Or some yeah. of, what are some of the lessons we can learn from history to save the U- the United States of America? Uh, we all need to be united as one country and not divided. Yeah. Because when, when a country is divided in, into two halves, there's going to be constant, mm-hmm. constant uh, back and forth. Well, right now, I think it's more than just two halves. There's like mul- yeah. multiple, uh, multiple divisions happening yeah. on multiple levels. I mean, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Political, of politically, reli- uh, by religion, 
uh, race, everything, culture. It's a cult. It's a clash of cultures. I think. Yep. You know, like uh, South Americans and Mexicans coming over the border into America. Um, well, I mean, the land belonged to the native. They didn't belong to anybody, really. I mean, the Native Americans they didn't believe in property ownership. You know, so the Europeans came in and took it over. Yep. But you can't change history and people trying to say, "Oh, you stole the land from the natives." No, but I'm saying the Give only way to them. The only way to solve the problem is to bring everybody together, and basically, the media, you know, corporations have to be have to be dismantled so that people can see the truth. Yeah. Because because it, it, it's all fictional. We're, we're we're going on going by going on a on a false sense of reality. Yeah. That I don't think is an is a true representation of, of how people of how the people really believe and think. Should I answer it? Should we take a caller? Oh, I can't take a caller. It's not it's not gonna record what he's saying anyway. Yeah. But um yeah we all have to come together to to, over, to overcome the the division? The oppressive government is starting to be oppressive. Yeah. Freedom of speech is starting to be, you yeah. can't say what, what the hell you want to say. Well, or do you think they're, they're being, being demonized? Do you think they're feeding the public a false sense of reality? Like, I mean, slavery happened. That's a fact of life. I mean, that's happened in other countries, not just here, but they're pushing the whole, how there's, you know, systemic racism and, all that stuff's still in this country, and that's how they're they're trying to divide us with that as well, right? I would have to have to agree with that. Yeah, that people need to be seen as individuals, not as groups of people. Yeah. Well, they're they're pitting class. It's class warfare. Like, you know, the rich. I mean, the poor against the rich. The haves versus the have-nots. And using race race as a uh, foundation for that. But I think if you talk to actual people out on the streets or people you meet in places, they don't believe the way that the media is, the yeah. stuff that they're pushing out there. That they're, like they're portraying them as being. Yeah. Like, I've met some really cool black people out in public, right? You go out to karaoke bars, meet people. I mean, I, mean, I don't think, I don't. Yeah. Where's this going? I'm just saying, like, you know, do you uh, see racism when you're going out? Do you feel Have I ever people hating you? Have you ever faced discrimination? Yeah, Have possibly. you been discriminated against? Possibly. Not really judged. Like, it's just, I mean, you're always going to be seen as different if you're. As a disabled person? Well, I mean, if you roll into a crowd, people are. are or you're going to look, it's not like... Yeah. Most people are going to look. But do you really care? No, I don't care, but they're going to have some kind of preconceived notion that that maybe I can't take care of myself or that I can't do anything myself that I have... Or that, that you that can't... Like, no, no, yeah. like a restaurant, it's like, like my date or something has to order for me or something. Like they don't think I have the capability of, yeah, they think of you're telling like, them what I want. Like you're mentally not... You're mentally incompetent. Yeah, I they guess. just assume that I am... Mentally and competent. But then when they hear you speak, they're like, this guy's intelligent. He's got a brain. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know where that comes from. Like, oh, somebody in a vulture, that must be an idiot. Yeah. Something like that. But, uh, <clears throat> so do you think this is the end of the line for America? Do we turn around or do we just, are we going to descend into further chaos? I think if we keep, uh, destruction, if we keep heading in the same direction that we are now, and if nothing changes, uh, I'll say give it a hundred years. A hundred years? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I think it comes down to education, too. People aren't educated about history or about our, our nation's history. Dude, people are dumb now. Just turn on the, just turn on the TV any day <laughs> and put it on, put, put on MTV and see what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah. Put it on there and see how... What was that show? This is entertainment now? Florida, Bama, Lion? Florida, Bama? It was called Florida, Bama. Yeah. We have... I mean, we already have Florida, Georgia, Line. That's fucking bad enough. <laughs> now I got Florida, Bama. Yeah. <laughs> Bring all the real inbred motherfuckers over. Yeah. Put them, on, put them all into a show. Yeah. Give them a big old... Big old gallon of fucking moonshine and set them free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The shows are retarded, man. They're kind of... Teenagers, early 20s, I think. Just, I don't know. Drinking alcohol and being stupid. They, like, they're becoming celebrities from, from, from being alcohol. Well, that and Teen Mom. Yeah. Oh, God, don't How old are they now? They're like in their 30s? Don't, don't get me started on that shit. Now they're, hey, now their kids are having kids as, as teenagers. Man, hey, they're, they're just going to turn out, they're going to turn out and be great, man. Yeah. It's going to be great. Great, man. I just think, yeah, people don't think anymore. I think that people don't think, you know. So the question is: Do you do you think that any of the that any of the media outlets, news channels, can be trusted? Any of them? Uh, can any of them be trusted? Um, can any of their their the reporting be taken as as truth? Or I mean, there's always gonna be some some uh, level of skepticism. Yeah, I, I keep a level of skepticism. I try. I'm not going to try to go too extreme with it and say that they're all uh, putting out, you know, misinformation and, and lying and all that shit. But I believe that the media giants, of which there's like four of them, I think they uh, they're just about getting views. So they'll put out any story to sell uh, to sell the story and get more viewers. It's all about viewership. It's called, uh, there's a word for it, it's called sensationalism. Yeah. Like, you've heard the, the term, if it bleeds, it, it bleeds. Yeah, they want to sensationalize everything, even if it's bad news. Yeah, do you ever hear you good stories bad. on the news? No. Hardly ever. That's why you should turn, uh, turn your TVs off, throw them out the fucking window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You know, exactly. like, uh, like on my movie. System of a Down, too. System of a Down. Yeah. You know that song, uh, what's it called? Violent Pornography? Yeah. Turn off your TV. Um, but yeah, well, we're, uh, we're just kind of kind of free-forming it here. Kind of just coming off the cuff. Yeah. Thinking about some different topics. Should we play um, a song? Yeah, man. Play a little tune. Play a little, All right, let's uh, see. Little okay, it's still recording. Okay, we're good. Play a little something heavy. All right. Um, Not too crazy. I know what we can play. Break. I'm gonna play. Uh, how about some crowbar? Yeah. Uh, what's that song called? Uh, Dark Sun. Uh, no, underneath the why? sun. No, no, just no. Don't do the uh. What are we? Beavis what's it about? called? Fucking butthead. What's it called? I don't know. Underneath the sun. 
Uh, uh, maybe we are brain dead. No, we'll do this song. Um. Probably. Okay. Probably here we go. Stop.
All right, everybody, we're back with the Bros on Wheels podcast. With your host, I'm Robert. And I am Jeremy. And that was a song by Crowbar called Existence is Punishment. No truer words have ever been said. I think you're right, brother. Being on this earth, pain. Yep. But I think pain is a good thing sometimes. It uh, builds character. You gotta have pain. If you ain't got pain, you ain't got no gain. (laughs) So, um, what drew you into listening to metal? What is it about the mu- that style of music that uh, you uh, enjoy? Well, you see, it all started when I found out about the devil. Okay. Start with Satan. Right? Let's talk about the man. Let's talk about this guy. Okay. Start with Satan. Yeah. It was when I, it was when I discovered the darkness. Man. <laughs> when I discovered the darkness that was Jimi Hendrix. So I found out there has to be more extreme form of music than this man. Yeah. Gotta be something darker. Gotta be something heavier, more intense. Or extreme. I mean, what what band uh, started you towards the 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 heavier, darker sounding music? You know who it is. Slayer. Slayer. Really? I got the Slayer on my legs, man. But didn't it start out with Sugar Ray? I mean, they were kind of heavier rock. Yeah, remember? man. Start out the, the, the old days with uh, Smash Mouth, man. Yeah. But they're, I mean, they're not metal. And Chumbawamba. But yeah, I think the first thing I heard that was close to metal was probably like. Godsmack, I think, before the metal. Yeah. So it was probably God, Godsmack. Mm-hmm. One of the first bands I heard that was heavy, but they weren't not really metal. Well, I think mine was probably Nirvana. I mean, that wasn't really heavy metal, but... kind of started your... It was... Uh, started your journey. Yeah, it was like a... Yeah, it was the aggression. Yeah, I, I guess Nirvana was... I don't know if they were quite aggressive, but... I'm, what's the word I'm looking? They were kind of unconventional, like outside of. They weren't a popular group. I mean, they became popular, but they were kind of, you know, oh, yeah. misfits, mm-hmm. I guess. Exactly. And that's, I guess, that's how I kind of related to the band was, because I felt uh, uh, not misfitted, but uh, what do misfitted? you call it? Yeah. What do you, what do you call it? Kind of. Place? Ex- excluded or ostracized from did you pull out of place yeah yeah like I, I didn't feel like i fit i fit in with anybody in school so you think that the metal is a good outlet for um kind of has a well it's um it's not a music for everyone and uh studies have proven that people that listen to metal are smarter than other people that listen to other forms of music. Really? Yeah, because so think about smarter? it. Think about the lyrical content of, of metal songs compared to pop songs. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's more in-depth, it's more uh, But people, yeah, personal. but people can't get past the, the the loudness and the... The aggression of it. The distortion. This is a distortion, I think. So you think it's more of a... Um, Distorted guitar. More of an audio... A, uh, Audio, audio perception. Yeah. Yeah, like. But what makes that different for different people? Is it, is it your exposure to a different kind of music or is it? Well, I think it's probably your exposure to it and your level of openness to other kinds of music. Yeah, you have to be open-minded. Yeah, like people hear, he's screaming, why is he, why is it so heavy? Like, and the, what is that? You know, trying to figure out what, what they're doing. Yeah. It's a lot more, some metal is more technical than others, right? 
But yeah, but I think if more people would, would at least give it a try, try to listen to it. Yeah. That they might get something from it that they didn't. Yeah. That they didn't get from it before. Well, like uh, Neurosis, right? It's real heavy, but they have it's a deeper meaning to the music. It's yeah, a deep meaning to the music. Yeah, it, it, it uh, tends to be very emotional, spirit, spiritual, and emotional. Yeah, like a. Uh, it's like dealing with emotional pain. Yeah, like you're, well, like you know the the what's his name the struggle between your body and your mind. Yeah. That, uh, well, I feel that I feel that deeply being you know in a wheelchair because like you want to do things. Your mind is there. You're smart. You have a lot of willpower, but your body can't do what your mind wants it to do. You know, yeah, so, so like I want to play drums in a band, but I can't because my body won't physically let me. Yeah, because you're limited. Yeah, physically. That's why it feels it's like a, a prison. I feel chained to the wheelchair. Like, you know, like I saw a good visual representation of that. It was a guy in a wheelchair with chains trapped to him. He's trying to get up and he couldn't. Yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, you can't get up anyway. <laughs> so, well, uh, I know, but it's so, like a... So, what's that change? What does what change? Oh, the fact that he can't get up. He already can't get up. Or, no, like, it's just a, a metaphor. Yeah. Like, saying well, that the wheelchair is like a prison. You're chained to it. You know? Um, yeah. What are some other things you like to do, if, I mean, besides playing guitar in a band, like, that you wish you could do that you can't? Um... So, the truth, I always wanted to go uh, whitewater rafting. Really? Yeah, because when I was a kid, I think I was either too young or too scared to do it. Mm-hmm. Remember when we went to uh, Colorado? I think you were I too young, to, weren't yeah, you? You were like two or three years old. Yeah, I always wanted to try that just to see how, because people say it's a pretty exhilarating kind of experience. Yeah. It really gets your adrenaline, like, you know, like, kind of like you want to go, go Sky skydiving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel safer going down rapids, I think, than jumping out of a damn plane. Well, yeah. I mean, you have a better chance of survival falling out of a raft than See? your parachute not deploying and hitting the ground splat. I don't know. It doesn't happen. It happen that often. What? Things don't typically go wrong skydiving. I know. I mean, I don't know it's the statistics rare. on it, but I'm sure it's happened. Dude, when are you going to get around to doing that? You were, you were talking about doing it. <clears throat> I don't know. I need to... When I have some money and I have time to go and watch people do it, I want to watch people do it first before I do it. Yeah, it's pricey. Yeah. I mean, well, there's that, that iFly mm-hmm. um, experience that we've, that we've been talking about doing. Yeah, in Jacksonville by the St. John's Town Center. I want to go do that. Yeah. We should go do that one uh, one Saturday after soccer practice. You know, get the whole crew together and everybody go. Yeah. So, so, uh, I'd like to see Bubba or Carl do it. I fly, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't think there's a weight limit for it. I mean, we could see if they could do it. I don't know. No, there is. We already looked it up. <laughs> uh, really, it's like 260, I think. Really? It's the maximum. Yeah. I don't know if they can do it or not, man. But, uh, but, uh, back to the music. What were some of the, uh, put it this way. Here's some of the some of the metal vocals that you can think of that uh, that tend to have whose lyrics basically 
lyrics had some kind of effect on you when you first, when you, uh, when you first heard it? Metal? Yeah, metal vocalist. I'd say Pantera. Bill and Summer, I mean, his lyrics are just... What was it about his lyrics? That he just, uh, the lyrics, you know, are talking about, uh, you know, turning your hate into product production, you know, productive, making, take negative, taking the negativity and making it into something positive, yeah. you know, taking all that, maybe like people or them and hate breed. I'd say hate breed too, because they're, I know you don't like hate breed, but like, uh, I mean, you like them, but you know what I mean? Um, it's just about perseverance and about pushing forward and just giving yes. it all you got. Like, yeah, it's about bouncing back. Yeah, like fuck it all, just fucking push forward, right? Being resilient. Yeah, exactly. Being resilient, sticking with it. So, so I think that's that's mainly probably a lot what drew me to metal. Because other like pop music is just silly to me. It's yeah. like very superficial. It's cookie cutter crap. Yeah, it came out of a day. It's like it came out of a, a machine or some shit. <laughs> like it was. Yeah, it all follows a formula. Like you had a. Uh, we got Mr. Krabs over here, everybody. <laughs> Welcome, Mr. Krabs, everybody. Hey there. <laughs> hey, SpongeBob. Anyway. Mr. Krabs. <laughs> Mr. Krabs, why do you like metal? Because it's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, uh, I think that's what drew me to the music. You know, a lot. It was the intensity for me. If you ever, if you've no, never no. been to a metal show, you need to go and experience it. Yeah, and you'll see what we're it's, talking about. It's much better than Katy Perry. Like you feel, you feel the connection with other people in the crowd, no matter how heavy it is. You yeah, know? like, dude, when I see those those halftime fo- the, for the football games, mm-hmm. the Super Bowl halftime shows get worse every year. I swear. Yeah, it's getting worse. Doesn't it just make you want to puke? Oh yeah, yeah. it's like. All right, everybody can take out their barf bucket. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how cheesier can this get? It's just bad, dude. Yeah. Explain it, how bad it is. Well, people that um, play actual music with instruments, like, put a lot more into what they do. Yeah, there's a lot more blood, sweat, tears. Yeah. I mean, they're on tour for, like, what, like, half a year, usually? And they they don't complain about being exhausted or... Cause that's what they love to do. I, I, I mean, there's probably times when they when they're when they're tired of being on the road. Well, yeah, you want to go home and spend time with your family if you got one. Yes, yeah, it's good to have to, good to have time off like that. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so pop, yeah, the pop music has never did it for me. Yeah. We need something like uh, like a talent or something, something with the balls. Yeah. Why have, Why haven't they been on there yet? I don't know. Apparently, you have to pay to play the to play the Super Bowl. Yeah. Metallica's got plenty of money. I, I mean, guess. think about it. I guess do they? Yeah, think about how much it is to go to one of their concerts. I mean, that yeah. one in Orlando was like the cheapest ticket was like two hundred two hundred something dollars, bro. Yeah, but uh, I think we'll call it quits, or we'll call it a day for the episode. This episode, we thank you for listening. And we will catch you guys on the next episode. Take care, everybody.